Welcome to the Lifestyle Chase, Season 2. This podcast features high performers who have found a way to live their best life while balancing their health, wellness, friends, and family. I'm your host, Chris Little. Let's get started. The Lifestyle Chase is brought to you by Yeg Fitness. Yeg Fitness is Edmonton, Alberta, Canada's healthy lifestyle community, creating and supporting active living for all. Check them out online at yegfitness.ca and on social media at yegfitness. All right, I think we're working now. Um, Yep, technology is working. I'll intro us in and we'll get rolling. So welcome to the Lifestyle Chase and I have brought back the Step Brothers from New York City. So I'm going to get you guys to give your own intro. You're just, this is going to be the intro part of the episode. So you got to have it hyped up. It's got to be whatever you want it to be essentially, but like you're in charge now. Whoa. All right. How should we take it? What direction should we take this, Cal? Step Brothers is the most hype, the realest, the craziest experience uh, that one can undergo while also being very disciplined and structured and, uh, and enjoying life. I would say that's pretty well said. Sometimes when you let, when one act goes and it's too hard to follow, you just got to bow out. So I'll bow out. I'll let that take its place. But uh, <laughs> that's pretty solid. I, uh, I stand by that fully. Yeah. That is awesome. So sure. to give some context to the listeners, I've got uh, Brian Bea and Calvin Martin here with me today. And I've had them both on the Lifestyle Chase before. And so anybody that is new to them, doesn't know who they are, anything like that, you can go dive down the rabbit hole and learn a little bit about their story and hear, hear our discussion. And for context as to timeline, I talked to Brian um, just right when COVID was really getting serious. And I talked to Calvin a um, little around a month ago. So it's like it's like not too much time has passed and we're back at it again to sort of like have a bit of a, a round table discussion here or just like shooting the shit, something casual, fun and enjoyable. And with that being said, what's the coolest thing that has happened to each of you in the last week? Oh, Cal, you got to take the take the reins on that. The coolest thing that's happened to me in the last week. Um, I'm gonna have to say. Okay, I'm gonna have to say that it is a. I consider him like a family member, um, but I I met this individual because I used to coach him, train him at the same gym that Brian and I used to work at when back in upstate New York about five to six years ago. Um, He just moved to New York City. Uh, He just got a job in the medical field, and he also happens to live right around the corner. So it's kind of like a cool thing. You fast forward six years later, and I get the opportunity to to have him, you know, close by and just to to see him grow. And it's a pretty cool, pretty cool experience for him. So – I would say it's cool for me because it's it's a big deal for him. So I'm going to go out and say that. Hell yeah. Yeah, honestly, in the same realm, I, I feel like uh, I'm trying to think, you know, I just was away for the weekend, seeing some cool spots outdoors and, and doing a lot of like uh, adventuring. But 
it was kind of funny. So I was up in the Finger Lakes with a friend and we're out by the, the lake and we're looking at the, the, the full moon. It was beautiful. I mean, the, the weekend was amazing. There's fireworks going on all around the lake. And uh, uh, this girl sneezes. And a person randomly in the corner, you know, well, on a bench is just like, oh, yeah, it better not be COVID, whatever. And like, okay, that's like casual like conversation today. Uh, and we got, you know, talking with this guy. And, you know, come to think of it, four and a half hours away from New York City. We're up in the Finger Lakes. This guy was like, used to be an instructor at equinox and he knows my cousin because my cousin scott rosen he's a ceo and we got talking about like you know he's like oh i love scott blah blah blah. we got in, we were chilling all night together we we hung out with him and his wife drank champagne by the fire you know we, i sent a picture of my cousin uh, uh to my cousin of us two um and you know we we just you know we're able to share that moment together with just a crazy connection which uh i really value a lot and i think it was really just like one of those things that you can't put a price on to, to be able to connect with random people that you have uh, mutual connections with. Well, I mean, that's, that's so true. This is essentially a connection of, of random people to some capacity. I am your random person today. Um, Hell yeah, dude. Right. Something that you got me thinking about, you talked about sneezing and the whole like, uh, getting a little bit worried about sneezing and coughing in public with COVID-19 and everything going on. I have to say it's definitely changed the dynamics of my own workouts. Like here in Edmonton, our gyms are open. Um, we're taking all the precautions, wiping everything down. And like, I, I don't want to be caught coughing in any circumstances in the gym. Whereas before it was like, you could do like, 40 calories on the air bike and you'd probably end up coughing afterwards now it's like at all costs like i gotta go down the block sit in my car and cough i can't cough in the gym <laughs> and it's just cause take like, it outside yeah you, you don't want anybody to to catch you like with anything that resembles anything that could possibly be dangerous essentially like we there's been so many health releases and stuff and we can kind of, we can kind of differentiate one with the other. It's like, okay, no, like that person, they just might've had asthma as a kid or something like that. Like, I think we're good, but it's just, everybody is tense. Everybody's kind of on edge. Um, especially with everything that like, uh, social media can do, but we're going to start this off like a little bit more positively because I think social media does a lot of really cool things for us. Um, in regards to your personal development, what has social media done for you that's been really good, like in progressing your career or progressing just like your, what you deemed to be what you wanted to focus on essentially? Um, well, sir, I think it obviously presents a ton of opportunity coming from a person who likes to create videos and likes to create anything uh 15 years ago or let's say just before youtube if you were a designer if you were a photographer this that and the other thing maybe there was forums or very specific places where you could uh you know put out whatever your work was or try to network with people and sell you know sell artwork or just spread the word but now it's literally just like you have the platform to make whatever you want, be as creative as you want, try anything and influence you know, somebody with your work almost instantaneously and grow from there. So it's like it's really actually a crazy concept to think about how there's just a platform to where like whatever you think or want to make or have the possibility to do 
is literally right there instantaneously, yeah. uh, which is just, it, it's allowed, you know, I think both of us to just be able to just express ourselves, post it and, and obtain some type of like forward movement with it. For sure. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, look, the world is big, man, you know, and if you believe in yourself, you feel like you have a personality that obtains to the masses, you can only be in one place at one time, you know what I'm saying? But social media gives you that opportunity to allow yourself to be who you are, express it, and then you're, you're seen by a lot of people. Um, and agree with Brian, like social media has been huge for us. Now, how we both probably, we both personally say that we've needed to step back or we felt like it consumed us. Fuck yeah. I mean, we're human, you know what I mean? But I think that we've done a really good job in understanding how we want to use social media. And like she said, like being authentic, being our organic selves. So whether you see us on Instagram or you bump into us at the market, you know you're getting the same person. Um, but I just think that social media, if used correctly and with a plan, with a strategy, I think it's absolutely amazing and everyone should use it to their benefit. And I just think a lot of people tend to bash it because they don't necessarily have a plan as to why they have social media. In my eyes, there's two people in social media. You're either someone who produces or you're someone who consumes. And I'm not saying that there's an issue either way, but Brian and I have, we've made the obligation to be people that produce. Not that we don't check and support our friends who you know have businesses on social media or course i'm gonna double tap my mom's post you know what i'm saying of course i'm gonna like that carol puts out fire dude yeah she's got fire bro i mean you know what i'm saying posting up on mm -hmm. Soho, shopping and shit all that jazz but ultimately like we want to be people who produce create like we want to be on that side and i think it's you know i think it's been really well for us personally and most definitely for stepbrothers in the very you know early early stages of our of our existence so so I like that you kind of covered a lot of things that uh, are worth kind of diving further into. Um, with with taking a step back from social media, I'll kind of share some context on my own on my own side. I find that uh, in my discussions with people, we at any point in a career, or no matter what age a person may be, whether it be from like the the social standpoint or the um, like how we're feeling with our genuine like social connectedness or perhaps it could be from like the the career standpoint like we see ourselves in this facility we see somebody else in some other facility or we see ourselves with this online business and we see somebody else with their online business like with social media and producing content like a person could see um a group training service that always has more or they could see a facility that has better equipment or they could see that somebody that took a better booty selfie in front of a mountain range like it's just going to go on and on and on um at what point do you guys make the call to like take take a step back and like um just exercise those boundaries for yourself like where where do you make the call to look out for yourself first well uh yeah, the booty on the mountain range, it's realistic. With a motivational quote over top of it, yeah. For sure. That's the stuff that gets me going. Dude, I was waiting. The reason. I knew you had something for that. I knew you had something for that. Bro. Yeah, that's why I get out of bed sometimes. Sometimes I don't feel like getting up, and I see that, and I'm just like, you know what? Time to seize the day. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. But I think, honestly, um, we're both – I mean, 
I think we've we've both been uh, you know on the opposite side of end of this where you like look at things and you know maybe feel like you have to compete or or just um, you know mimic and, and in some sort we all do that you have to at least nothing nothing's completely original there's all you know versions and mimics of things but um, I think personally I've definitely come to the point where I I, I give no thought to what else is out there or. I'm just going to make what I, what I make because I have a certain style and the way that I like it to feel and, um, you know, be perceived. So I like, that's, that's what I'm always going to consistently do. Cause when you make content over and over and over again, obviously you start to emulate a certain style and you, you rely less and less on what else is out there. Cause we all know that's toxic. We all know that's no way to, you know, decide to make moves in your life. So I can't let that. And honestly, it's kind of funny because I had last year, uh, you know, one of my favorite albums, like a, like a recent time came out, uh, uh, Freddie Gibbs and Madlib. And Madlib is a really popular DJ and producer. And they, they joke about Madlib because like he has like no, like literally no outside contact. He uses all of his, makes all of his beats on an iPad. He doesn't really have the internet, doesn't use much. And, uh, doesn't pay attention to really much in, in, in modern music culture. And they asked him like, yo, so like, where do you get your influence or, or do you pay attention to anything out there? He's literally just like smoking a cigar and just saying like, I just like make what I like. I don't really pay attention to anyone else. And it was it, that honestly to me, was just like more of like an indicator that I needed to like, just be more like that. Yeah. That was awesome. So, yeah. How about you, Calvin? Um, Similar, similar. Uh, I think as far as as far as looking at other people's stuff, you can be inspired by other people's things. I think for sure, but like to start making that comparison or competing, like that'll just drive you crazy. So, and I think I've been there without a doubt. Like I've been there before, not recently, but like maybe dating years back, I would start to look at other coaches or start to question my style because I felt like it wasn't going in the right direction when like truthfully and Bay and I talked about this before when it comes to like our content and Tim Ferriss talks about this and he says first you know when you post things it shouldn't be for vanity metrics you should be posting things because it's true to you and it's true to how you want to be perceived and what you want people to see and then you'll have your 10% of people who will love it you know what I'm saying he talked about like make stuff people will love instead of like having a masses of what people will just like. So making true shit is one thing. Being able to support your friends and not make comparisons to compete is another thing. And I would just say overall, like that's just generally how I would go about it for social. Like we all need breaks and I think it's, it's imperative to take those breaks. But if you just stay true to the shit that you want to make and you just stay true to who you are, then like social media really isn't all that complicated. You know what I mean? I really don't think it needs to be such a stressor to people if they're just being original. I don't got all the answers, but fuck it, that's how I feel. You know what I mean? So Yeah, absolutely. I think I think he answered that pretty good. And yeah. I mean I think about like the dynamics of twenty twenty. And like we a lot of people are like, Oh, you know, the new normal or they're saying unprecedented times, like there's all these buzzwords. It's like, oh, we the situation is fluid or we, we don't know what's gonna happen. And like I've seen you guys training people off of roofs. I would have never that wouldn't have crossed my mind. Like there's some some hmm. roofs 
in Edmonton. It's not nearly the same. Like I've been, I went to New York once when I was, I think, like. You guys 30. don't have roofs out there. <laughs> no, we we have roofs, man. We have roofs next to our igloos. Above my head is just the sky. I don't even have a. Yeah, my ceiling's not there. <laughs> Pull your kettlebells up there. You'll be all right. Yeah. yeah. No, it's just uh, with the the density of the population in New York, the odds of uh, trainers pivoting with the dynamics of their living situation are, are much higher. Like R in Edmonton, the odds of us pivoting with the dynamics of our extensive park network are much higher. So like, I mean, not that New York doesn't have an extensive park network. They, they have a lot of park area. But with Edmonton, it's just like our first thought. My first thought would be, okay, we got hills. Um, we got this big grassy field. I'm going to use the hills and the big grassy field. Um, if I lived right now, I live in a condo where, yeah, I wouldn't be messing around on that roof. But <laughs> if I was living in a bigger apartment building with like a, a area on the top and I could utilize that, I would be less likely to, uh, to try that. I wouldn't even, wouldn't even bother. And it's just because what my normal is doesn't fit that. And so this year has really helped me reflect on like, okay, I think I've been kind of out to lunch on what I think normal is. Like, I think I might be limiting myself on what normal is and, um, setting like almost like walls around what I, what I think is like realistic what's what's not realistic um and that can just be like a person's hesitation to to start a new business plan or to take a risk on themselves or invest in themselves um i'm gonna end or not end but segue this tangent into your guys's process with with stepbrothers i mean there's been a lot of different things that you've had to do to make it happen and I can imagine it hasn't been all that easy. I've seen you guys lugging equipment around. But now that you've kind of got the wheel rolling, like when I talked to Brian the first time, he kind of like gave a little bit of a teaser about it. And when I talked to Calvin, it was kind of, it was going, it was going. But now it's like, you guys, you got your feet wet, you're doing things. Um, from my perspective, I would say it's looking pretty solid. Um, What's your journey like been with this? I'm going to start with Calvin. I'm going to switch this up. Calvin, you go first. Oh, so the journey, the journey's been similar to, I think, what any startup, if you will, is like. Um, it's a lot of hard work, but I think what we've, what we've realized and what we've learned from other people friends of ours, mentors who have started things up, went through the process, became successful. I think we're staying like right within the moment. And you hear that phrase a lot, but so like we're not, obviously we're looking to succeed every day. Obviously we're looking to push out a kick-ass product and have a kick-ass impact. And we're doing that. But when it comes to monetizing and the success and all that, like, what we're looking for, we realize that that's going to come years from now. And I think we're okay with that. So, like, we're just staying within the day. We don't get frustrated. You know, obviously, it's late nights. It's long hours. We're in communication with a lot of people. But I just think I'm really proud of us holding one another accountable 
with this. And I'm really proud of us just like having fun with the small steps. Like, you know, we don't have our own facility just yet. Like we don't have a product that's known across the entire world just yet. But like, we're doing pretty damn good and we're doing really well. And like, we're impacting a lot of people within a two month frame. So I just, I think the journey has been a lot of hard work, but like we're doing a good job of staying present. Totally. Brian's turn. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it's literally, it's just that. And especially talking about the amount of work and I guess uh, work, the work versus return or the investment versus the return. Um, I remember there being a point where I, I legitimately thought to myself, like making all this content, putting out all this information, uh, really trying to curate a virtual community. Um, you know, because in New York City, like, you know, we've been here for both of us five to seven or eight years. Um, we've been, we've, we've really curated a nice community in New York City and it feels great. It feels great to be able to have trainers that you know, clients that you know, and anyone in between that like you can rely on and they rely on you. And it's just very like a, just a cohesive environment. Now, now be able to really do that online, which is obviously more of like a one to many, you can reach so many more people at once. I, you know, I just got this feeling where I was literally just like, I don't even care. Like if whatever, uh, what's the price going to be? What's this going to be? Like, I literally just thought to myself, I just want as many people as possible to be involved in this cool shit that we're doing because right. I just think it's so fucking cool. So like, that's all I care about. Cause the more people that get involved and realize how cool this shit is, cause I believe it's fucking cool. <laughs> everyone's going to have a lot more fun and be a lot happier. Like, cause, but that's my mentality with anything I do. Like I'm so happy with any of the work I make or any of the, of the decisions I make. I'm like, yeah, this is it. Like this is right. And this is fun and people are going to enjoy this. So if everyone can kind of also, you know, agree with that and opt into that, then we can move together. And that's really the whole purpose. It's fun. Well, I think that's a good segue to something that's important is just like, if what you're doing isn't fun, why are you doing it? Like, you shouldn't be doing it because you saw somebody else do it. You should do it because you honest to goodness, enjoy it. Like be that the environment that you're in, the friend group that you're in, um, how you fill up your day. And like, you guys kind of talk about the, the process, like the effort and all that stuff. And I guess I'll, I'll share something that I've used to kind of get through stuff is like, I remember when I, when I quit my old job to go into being a trainer, I just kind of set a dollar value in, in my head. And like, honestly, I just looked at what I used to make if I averaged it out per day. And then I was like, okay, um, come hell or high water, I have to make this amount per day, whether it's mowing lawn or training people or, um, selling ice cream like it could be anything it doesn't there has doesn't have to be a rule as long as it's legal um, I just have to make that amount and I'll be okay so like just taking it incrementally day by day and so hopefully like I kind of hope this whole thing COVID-19 taught people to just do it like um, don't don't overthink what you want to do just go do it um, and yep. sort of believe in, in what you want to do 
I'm actually pretty curious about uh, the sticker mule thing there. I feel like it's an opportunity we could like do a little shout out or something. Tell me a little bit about uh, sticker mule. Sticker <laughs> mule. Oh, yeah, sticker mule. Let's go, baby. Yo, yeah. I got a, I got a rep sticker mule because sticker mule is near and dear to my heart. It's from our hometown in, in Amsterdam, New York. Um, and basically the story behind this company, um, one of my best friends, I was the best man at his wedding. Um, his father um, used to work for this company company called Noteworthy. It was a paper company upstate in Amsterdam, New York. And another one of their very close family friends, uh, family owned Noteworthy. So they're all friends. They work together. Um, my, my best friend's father actually like kind of helped, uh, you know, raise and like, you know, basically help out the, the kid of the family of Noteworthy. Um, so they had a great relationship. Basically over, you know, past, maybe it was seven or eight years ago, you know, noteworthy being a paper company, business goes down. It's, it's not as valuable anymore. And basically they needed to pivot. They needed to figure something out and they made sticker mule. And, you know, the, the, I, I forget the dollar amounts and the amount of revenue they made in like their first couple of years. It was kind of insane. And now it's just blown up, but um, they've literally just turned into being the most functional, useful uh personalized sticker company like out there you, you go onto their site you can get stickers packaging if you have a business um it would be stupid not to utilize these guys for marketing um and personalize personalization of your 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 merchandise um they're crazy phenomenal and again close close to the family and um you know it's just a just a great company well, I think it speaks to the value of making like cool connections. I mean, I always reflect on what I learn from each of my clients. I mean, when we're in this space, a lot of our clients are going to be up to some pretty cool things, whether they're artists or business owners or musicians, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I get so much value from getting to talk to them and learning things from them and it's a networking tool like we get to know people who are like the movers and shakers in the world and then the people like if we've really made a really meaningful connection with our client chances are that's going to open up our world to all kinds of other cool people like maybe maybe their friends need a trainer or maybe their friends are up to something awesome i know that uh one of my clients set me up with a bunch of uh of masks so i was like sweet like it's I'm sure glad that I have this client because then I'm like infinitely safe in grocery stores. Wherever I go, I'm, I'm set with something that is sanitary, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the next thing that I wanted to really dive down the rabbit hole with was, uh, so Brian, your, your video production, is that called bread? Like, is that the brand? Like, tell me a bit more about the brand of, of your video production. Bread. Yeah, man. I mean, I've always, you know, for the past few years, you know, I've started to do photography, videography, practiced it a lot. I put hours and hours in. And I used to have just a couple like random names uh, that I used to call the, the company that I used to uh, shoot for because I used to do like strongman events and I used to sell the pictures. Uh, I think back then it was Salabasis. I don't even know. There's a couple of them. There was Salabasis Productions. There was Salvatore. there was Salvatore first, yeah, because Salvatore is my middle name. What my grandfather's fuck? name. All right, all right. Yeah, yeah. Salvatore is my middle name. It's my grandfather's my grandfather's name, and that was my that was like my, my shooting name. And it's weird because it's like a 
you know, I feel like I have a lot of talents when I shoot. Like I kind of just like, don't want to be like, you know, don't take a picture of me with the camera in my hand. Like, don't, I just don't, it's a weird thing for me. Like, I just want that to be my one thing where it has nothing to do with me. It's just like the work. And it's just like, it's just really fun. It's like an experience for me. And, um, bread, the most recent endeavor is like my, this is now like the, the real product. It's, 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 you know, client work. If you need photos, if you need hype reel, if you need any type of advertisement for video, um, I can curate that usually if you're in the New York city region, um, you know, because I've just taken so much time to learn the craft and you know, I've gotten really good at it. And now I can really make good quality, uh, could work. And that's where the skill comes into play for having a virtual program now and having a virtual platform. Well, that's awesome. I mean, with, uh, honing your craft has it all been self-taught or has there been anybody that you followed anything like that yeah it's all been self-taught you know ever since you know i picked up a guitar when i was 14 that was self-taught i learned it by ear um photography and videography you know i've met a lot of real gunners that are really good at the, in the game and, and i've learned from them but mostly just going through youtube and um you know, just taking it day by day because it's just one of those things where if I'm really uh, enamored by it, I just will keep on just going. I just like love to spend my time on it and just learning the small things. Um, and I think I can attribute like a lot of the successes I've made to that because it's just naturally how I'm wired. So with that being said, um, what is the craziest DM you guys have ever had on like, you know, those collaboration DMs that oh, we all get. So we're going to start with Calvin. Right <laughs> all right. We got to talk DMs right now. This is going to be terrible. <laughs> Calvin, you Yo. go first. <laughs> the craziest DM I got. <laughs> Chris. Chris, I don't even, I don't even know if we can even go there. Can't be talking about that. Chris. Chris. Uh, one being that I would literally, I would have to like go, we would have to funnel through because uh, it's wild. We're talking DMs from the category of like business in the sense that like sometimes I'll go on my Instagram. It's like somebody wants me to uh, be a rep for their apparel brand. Right. They want right, me to right, help right. Their, their supplement category or whatever. And like it's always, it's like uh, a game of roulette. Like you never know what's going to be next whether it's somebody that thinks your uh, booty picture in front of the mountains was sexy or if it's somebody that uh liked the way you did that bicep curl and then sometimes it's just from a straight up um they're just trying to fish for more um ambassadors and stuff but every so often um there is opportunity like you brian you're talking about your video production and i know a lot of people in Edmonton that do video production and most of their business is built off of social media. Like, uh, it starts with, they get a free night at a hotel and they're doing the video production for like that, the, the King's suite or something and they get to stay there. And then somebody else sees that. And then all of a sudden they're doing video production for like a rental car company. And then all of a sudden they're doing video production for a clothing brand that they actually like, like something that they enjoy. Um, so from, that standpoint brian it's your turn now and you don't even have to dive down the crazy rabbit hole you can just talk about like uh 
from from the perspective of like has there ever been a brand that reached out to you that was like along the the right lines but just there's a bit of disconnect when it came to values like maybe a t-shirt brand where you didn't like the, the color of the shirt or maybe it was like a watch brand and it's like you don't wear watches or something like that um yeah okay i guess i could have a couple of those because i've gotten a few recently um first i will say the the most the ridiculous one is because there's a lot of people that ask for like the the, the feet and then the, that use shoes and the feet pictures there was somebody who made a page and marketed themselves as a company that was trying to collect used shoes for like a big project. And clearly they just wanted them to probably smell them and, you know, lick them and just do what they would do with them. But they tried to market it as like, Hey, we're like a, uh, you know, we're an environmentally, you know, uh, conservative brand. And we just really are looking to just collect used shoes and, you know, repurpose them. And no, you're not, <laughs> you're not, you're trying to buy my shoes and smell them because I didn't answer you from that other weird account. Anyway, that was the weirdest one that I got that actually claimed that they were a company. Uh, oh, shit, like, man. yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. I wish I could show you the picture. It was like some like weird shoe company. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, I just got like, um, I just got like uh, these these facial products, these you know, moisturizers and stuff. They have like you know good good ingredients. I'm gonna try the deodorant, um, but you know a lot of I posted something about it yesterday and people made comments like it's isn't that funny like how they they send you and they want you to try their product because they said you already have great skin. It's like doesn't that make any sense? I'm like yeah, it doesn't make sense. Like obviously these maybe these maybe these face uh, facial products really work. Um, but the concept always never makes sense because it's not. I'm not someone who really needs it, um, but I could use it. But I don't know any any other any other situations like that. Uh, you just get like random supplement companies who really just want to use like your platform and really not give you much. I think there was this company FNX or something, and they're like, "Hey, we want you to be an ambassador. Yeah. You got to buy like a hundred dollars worth of our products, but we'll give you twenty percent off. Yeah, but just post about us, and maybe people will think you're affiliated with us." But we're not going to give you anything for free. I'm just like, what? Are you, what is the point of this then? I'm like, you really think? I'm not really that worried about gaining exposure from a random supplement company that is really is is bringing really nothing to me. So like that, I really care about. So a lot of brands too, like you know, and we've living in New York City. Ryan and I have been blessed to have clients or know people who are like high levels of marketing and branding and all that stuff. And just like, I, you know, once, especially if you're a startup company like us and like we're fresh, that's a good thing because like we haven't really been exposed or connected to any brands just yet. And like, I think that's extremely important because the minute that we start, you know, we, we connect ourselves to like this half-assed company and GNC slinging, you know, fat-burning pills. And then we go ahead and we, put it in our bio that, you know, 10% off, use our code, and then they click on that page and it's not credible. It kind of, it, it devalues us, you know? And again, like you said, you know, people have, we've gotten quite a quite a few offers for like different type of supplements and stuff like that. And it's no knock to them, but like we just consider ourselves at a higher brand, at a higher level. So like we want to make sure that when we decide to partner up with a brand, that it's something that we, one, respect and like, and two, 
will bring us equal value. So, I mean, that day is definitely coming soon. We look forward to it, but we got to make sure it's the right fit. For sure. And I mean, I got something to add to that. So hopefully if anybody's listening to this, like I don't even know who listens to this podcast anymore. Like I have a general idea. I know like this episode, we're going to have a lot of uh, moms and dads listening to this because we're, we're some well-supported boys here. Moms and dads. <laughs> but like when, when it comes down to it, um, if I have new trainers listening to this, and you're getting these messages like maybe you're getting the fxn nutrition or whatever like the the supplement stuff i remember somebody that's actually working in the same facility as me um he actually went on a rant on facebook something like four or five years ago and it was just like if somebody's going to offer you like a, a coupon code and maybe they give you like uh one tub of supplements per month, but you have to do like three posts a week in order to like, like as a sponsored athlete, et cetera, et cetera. Like you have to really look at your value. So let, let's say that um, you were reached out to by a protein brand that you really liked. And so you use that protein, everything like that, and their requirement of you was you had to put like their brand info in your, your bio and you had to promote them two or three times a week. And in return, they would give you a free tub of protein every month. And a lot of people, they might go through more than, more than that tub of protein in that month. And they're trading off like basically everything that they are in return for something that isn't even fulfilling. And so the argument or the, the point that this trainer friend of mine made was like, honestly, if you're going to partner with a brand, like they got to um, support you like beyond your means sort of thing. So like if a protein brand really wants you to represent them, they should be giving you free product and paying you like they should be paying your bills, like not all of them, but at least like showing you your value. So yeah, like hold out on on partnerships until it they can demonstrate their their worth and um, make sure that if, if if it's like free stuff, that it's enough free stuff to cover what you need. It's kind of like um, when when they give you like the the free bread when you go out for dinner, and it's like well there's no way this is not going to be enough bread. I really like bread. Um, similar, yeah. similar example to that, just like really dialing it into like what you need. And one more add on that I'm going to add to this tangent is like, have you guys ever read the book, the, the Mary Kondo book, the art of tidying up or have you heard of her? I think she's on Netflix or something. Nothing. Uh, crickets all right no. so let me let me educate you a little bit about this lady who's I'm more really of a shell silverstein guy <laughs> well, that's, that's totally different but um so i'm really horrible at cleaning and so i was walking through a bookstore and i found this book and it's like the art of tidying things up and i was like well that looks interesting and then I found out she also has a Netflix series. And I think like her name is Marie Kondo or Mary Kondo. And so she's very popular in Japan for her skills at um, sort of being a consultant for people and helping minimize the extra stuff in their life. And something really cool that she made a point of was like, let's say you got like a laundry room closet or something and you're storing a whole bunch of stuff in there. 
um, even though it's like out of your functional space, like you don't ever have to walk through that laundry room closet. It's, it's not in your way. Like she made the point that you have to look at the, the things in your life as almost like something that you're paying rent for. And so if, if you have a square footage in your home and a certain square footage is occupied by things that you haven't done anything with in two years, like I know for myself, I've got like some spare lumber in my condo and just like spare wood and stuff just like for, for odd tasks. But if I haven't um, done anything with that in the last like five years, what value is it to me? Because it's kind of like the energy or like the bandwidth that you have, even in your environment, like your home, um, you can either make it like very uplifting. Or you can kind of make it very like almost toxic in a way. Like if your space is taken up by things that do not serve you, um, that is a, a detriment to your progress going forward. So it was really eye-opening for me because I didn't think twice. I was like, well, like everything looks clean, but then inside like that storage closet is stuff that I don't have any purpose for. And so I thought that was kind of cool. Just like we can, as much as we're each focused on each of our projects that we do and we're each pivoting and we're each trying to find new things and find that balance in life, there's little tiny things that we can work on that can make like the big things easier. And that can come down to like what's in our space, like what what uh, we let occupy ourselves. And sometimes it's just a matter of like, I mean, in the last year, I've I haven't um, accumulated more goods per se. Like I just, I, I live a pretty just like standard life of like, if I'm hungry, I go get food. If my shirt's torn, I go replace it. But I've thrown out or donated or recycled all kinds of stuff because I realized like my, my happiness and my success is not necessarily limited to the things that I have in storage or the things that I have ready to go. It's more so the things that I am using in the here and now and the things that uh, I truly look at and deem valuable. Um, with that being said, uh, have you guys ever had similar experiences where you realized like something that you thought was valuable really wasn't that valuable and you kind of made a pivot from there? Brian, you want to go? Um, yeah, for sure. And I, I think uh, I love everything you're saying because we, you know, I think it was last year or something that, uh, James Clear. No, nah, it was before that, but Atomic Habits by James Clear is an extremely useful book that I was introduced to, introduced to a lot of our circle and his podcast, everything really started to change the way. I think a lot of people started to view their daily structure and their, their, how they measured progress, which is the, one of the big things that we implement in our extended family program. Um, because you know, whether you, you know, you, you love to work out, you know how to work out, do that, that, and the other thing, the little, the little things in between or the little things that keep you going as a, as a machine, as a person, like you got to have that machine well oiled. And I think like simple things like that. I remember I used to do in my old apartment, like, uh, just like, uh, you know, I'm on a couch right now, this couch that used to be in my old apartment. If I would work on that couch, I would have a higher chance of slouching, getting like lackadaisical and losing interest in what I was doing. So I literally had to like think of that, my, that myself being a, a, a habit, being in this couch, I had to change that habit, change myself to a desk and productivity increased because I just had to like 
again, what was serving me and what was giving me uh, more value was not this couch. It was something simple like that that made a huge adjustment or that made a, a, so much more progress in my life. But to say if I got rid of anything, um, you know, it's I, I wouldn't say I've gotten rid of anything, but I just kind of like I've only added on like with, with, with more things that I've been doing. But just uh, recognizing the things that are a detriment to your progress is number one. And you have to look at these extremely small variables. And once you start doing that, then your life just gets it becomes a lot easier to function. Totally, Calvin, your turn. Um, not actually, I think he did a really good job of answering that. Uh, in comparison to like what you were saying, as far as like the storage and, and stuff is concerned, like I think like when when buying to choices I have to make. You know what I mean? A day. So even if it's something as simple as just like going through the closet and just hold on to you know articles of clothes that we don't necessarily need, and we always think like, oh, well, we may wear that one day or whatever. It's just one of the biggest things I've done was just like trying to reduce any external clutter. You know, like I've always been like a neat person. I like my stuff. I'm pretty OCD. I like my shit organized. But I just realized that, like, those those decisions in the morning, like, when it comes to, like, putting on your clothes and stuff, like, if I can just make that a very short, minimal process, boom, then, like, on to the next, you know. So I try to just reduce reduce the external clutter, and it makes me feel like I'm able to just, you know, my decision-making is easier throughout the day, and I don't feel like I got a whole bunch of other, like, external stresses on me. So something very small, but, you know, it's, it makes a, a big change. Now, I can't remember. I think it might have been – I referenced Tim Ferriss a lot because I like a lot of his shit. I, I think it might have even been him who, who mentioned that in one of his pods. So, yeah, if you can, like, better curate your personal space, it, it's always going to leak into positivity in every other aspect of your life. Like, yeah. people don't think about that. How can I just make my immediate space the most uh, efficient as possible? Less clutter – you know, paying attention to the small things that make me demotivated or, you know, like simple, simple, simple as going on your phone and, you know, losing, losing focus. How can I just make my immediate space as efficient as possible and comfortable? And that's all you have to pay attention to. It's so true. I feel like a lot of people, no, I just feel like a, a lot of, a lot of people, you know, they, they have jobs that are already stressful. Right. And then, so they come home, home to an unmade bed to come home to papers all over their, their work office desk. They come home to maybe a, a basket full of laundry. And it's just like, yeah, of course you're going to have a fucking stressful day. Like you just, you just went to work. You just had a whole bunch of decisions to make at work, a whole bunch of tasks to complete at work. You came back and then like, now you just have even more tasks. And, it's just, it just goes back to just like being simple, you know, just like taking care of those things. I feel like just, you know, like we're all agreeing on, but like, I think we try to over, over stress or try to make things too complicated. Like literally taking care of your own space, taking care of your own self is going to help and translate over into like things outside, you know? So yeah. Simplify. Yeah, like even, even like for, for guys, all of that stuff matters. Like, and the more you care about it and like invest in like, little things like furniture, what type of furniture you want. Like, I feel like a lot of guys don't think about that, especially growing up. So I think the quicker that you can um, adopt that, 
you know, people are going to just be like, oh, wow. Like, I didn't expect, I expect there to fucking be Bud Light cans all over your place. Like a little frat boy in your fucking ZBT uh, paddle on the wall. I've had people say that about me in the past. I'm just like, yo, what the fuck? Is this really how people think of me? Like, no. I got a, I got a West Elm couch that I got for free, by the way. And I got nice candles from Anthropology. okay? Thank you very much. And I got a fiddly fig and a bonsai tree. Money. Thank you. Candles Thank you. are money. Look. Right. All the listeners, especially fellas, let, let's just have a quick conversation. If you fellas, fellas, if you if you've been a little dry lately, if you ain't been putting any numbers aboard, <laughs> it's probably it's probably because you don't have an anthropology handle. So my good brother, I need you to I need you to get online. I need you to order two. You put one in your closet and you light one up. Check back in two weeks. Guarantee some shit will change. Step brothers told you. Just invest in those things, man. It's important. Just say it. So, easy, baby. Oh man, that's awesome. Cause it's funny, like this episode, we're gonna have a few issues with our technology because I cut out my internet cut out, and then all of a sudden the, the video capture that cut out too. But I got it back rolling for that moment. That was perfect. Good. Great. <laughs> right. So yeah, just like when, when this episode is released, there might be a few hiccups, but that doesn't mean that we can't give our um, advice for the day or the challenge for the day. And so I'll, I'll ramble a little bit just to kind of give you guys some time to ruminate on what each of your respective challenges for the day would be. Um, I'll give some, some backstory to it just to kind of give you some, some firepower. So here's the thing. I've been doing these challenge of the day for the last something like uh, 30 episodes or so. Like, as the lifestyle chase has progressed, I have thought about like, okay, what can I do to engage people? Or what can I do to increase impact? And some of the most uh, common challenges has been like reaching out to somebody and, and telling them what they, what they mean to you or telling people that you love them or um doing something outside of your comfort zone etc and then it's like i never see the engagement like i have a good feeling that like people are doing the thing and i'm like but let's let's start like a ripple effect let's see something happen and so as part of your challenge um whether it be your community or my community i want you guys to kind of like light some fire under people's butt with with your challenge and like getting them involved perhaps it could be just like something that you want to see more of. maybe you want to see more funny videos or maybe you want to see more people buying their candle or et cetera, et cetera. So that's what I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to just pause because you, you just said the exact thing that I was thinking about. You said something to light the fire under someone's ass. And I think the one big important thing that me and Calvin exhibit is the fact that there is no singular thing. It is the way we want to, to put ourselves out there is to ignite a fire under your ass our relationship with each other, the way we treat other people, the way we do things, the content we put out, the hours that we put in, that needs to ignite a fire under your ass. I believe that our entire purpose here is to just ignite a fire under your ass in whatever it is, to take chances, to do more, and just to work harder because we're gonna always outwork you. So if we're gonna do that and we're gonna also lift up all the people that we can on the way, your, your job is to get a fire under your ass because that's all that matters, you know, it's effort. You know, there's a lot of things you can learn along the way, but you need to put the effort in. And Step Brothers is going to make sure you ignite that fire under your ass. Amen. Damn, that's well, good. <laughs> well, 
that's 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 Mike droppage material right there. You know what I'm saying? But that's what it is. You know what I mean? A lot of people look for the, the individuals, like the things that me and Cal do. If we can't get you off your fucking couch, then I got to work harder. And that's that's the life I'm fine with living because it's invigorating. And I know we can both say that. That is awesome. I like that. Um, as far as the, the daily challenge of the day goes, we're going to start off with Calvin. What what are you going to dial it into? What do you want people to do more of today? I want you to take I want you to take the ideas that that are in your notebook or in your sketch pad or on a sticky note or whatever that you've been looking at for the last six months, the last year, that you have conversations about with your parents, that you talk to your friends about when you're drunk and they'll say like, okay, yeah, we're gonna finally do it. Take those ideas, okay? And let today be the first day that you put them into fucking action. Like literally put them into fucking action. Doesn't need doesn't mean that needs to be solved by today. But if you told if you told your best friend that you wanted to start that ice cream business, your best friend said that we're down. Okay, enough enough of just the, the talks on Friday nights when we get hammered and we talk yep. about it and there's no fucking action. Okay, no today is the day. Like, mm-hmm. hey, Jess, remember this? Like, what time you get off of work? Five. Great. I'll be over at five thirty. I'm gonna bring my notebook. This is how we're gonna do. Because this is exactly what Step Brothers was. We talked about it. We talked about it. We talked about it. Yeah, we had busy lives, but nobody cares. Nobody gives a fuck about that. All the people that we listen to on NPR, how I built this, they had, they're just like us, man. They're regular fucking people that had ideas. But you know what the difference was? They acted upon it. They met together and acted upon it. So enough of the fucking dragging on. Call your friend that you made that, that idea with. Sit down today and stop making fucking excuses and just get, get it done. Start laying those bricks down. Because if you do it today, that means you'll do it tomorrow. And then you'll do it the next day. And then you guys will look back a year from now and you'll have some shit started. And then you'll be you'll be chest deep. So you gotta keep going. And then you'll start seeing the flower blossom. So take the idea, put it on paper, start the action. That's my thing. Love it. Brian, your Love turn. It. Love it. Love it. I mean that's we're saying it right now. In in regards to Calvin's mentions on action. Uh, I just want to highlight uh, the the differences in motion versus action. This is extremely important. So if you're someone who is able to exhibit motion, which is very different from action, especially with social media, motion, it's very easy to like look like you're doing the right thing or say that things are cool, counting your uh, chickens before they hatch. But action is actually carrying out the plan. Work for four weeks for free. Train somebody for free. Do as much as you possibly can to get results in people if you're a trainer or in your business. Get a ton of free clients and do the work and start the action so you can start to build something for yourself and build some credibility and get out of the motion phase. There's a motion phase where you feel like you're doing it and people are talking about it, but you need to emulate the action. The action is most important. So please, if, 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 it's a, if this is the one thing I'm going to tell you to do, it's just take action and talk to the person that you may not feel comfortable talking to. Uh, devise a plan. You know, push somebody into the the position that you need them to go for for, for them to, to get the progress that they need, whether it be from your business or if you're a trainer. Um, and, and and just start. You have to start. Amen. That was good. Amen, man. Awesome. And awesome. that's gonna wrap yeah. it up for today's episode. So thank you guys for joining me. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. Always a pleasure, brother.